Gentani, and welcome to Las Vegas and another Godfather, Godfather Minute. Minute. I'm your host, Alex Robinson. And I'm your co-host, Andrew Robinson. And together we are the Godfather Minute, Minute brothers, brothers, here to talk about Minute 143. 143. Alex, are you wearing a mask? I am. Oh, you can take it off. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. How do I look? Uh, I can't really see your face because there's a big curtain between us again. Oh, I thought you were going to say, put the mask back on. Put the, you know, put the mask back on. <laughs> you were setting me up that whole time. <laughs> Alex, repeat after me. E minuto. E minuto. Numero. Numero. Cento. Cento. Quaranta tre. Quaranta tre. Quaranta tre. Cente quaranta tre. You got it. All right. That was an easy one. To yeah, do. not bad. Next thing we know, we'll have you. We'll have we'll be having you entertain uh, guests at the casinos. <laughs> Will you agree to appear five times a year? Sure, I'll could do it. I'll do anything. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yes, we're talking about one hundred forty-three of the Godfather. Uh, as I mentioned, we are in Las Vegas. Um, Mikey sits down with Johnny in the hotel room and explains the Corleones are going to buy out Mogwin's share of the casino. <laughs> Much to Fredo's incredulity, would Johnny be willing to uh, sign a binding contract to appear five times a year at the casino? Maybe convince some of his friends from the movies? <laughs> now, the minute literally ends with him saying, sure, Mike, I'll do anything. So, yeah. so who knows what he's going to ask Mike? That's one thing you don't tell a mafia guys. I'll do anything. Because then. Yeah. We don't even get to hear I'll do anything for my godfather, which is in the next minute. We yeah. just hear fast and loose Johnny Fontaine saying, sure, Mike, I'll do anything. You know me, Mike, I'll do anything. <laughs> I'll play piano, I'll impersonate <laughs> myself at parties. You need somebody to mop up afterwards? <laughs> yeah, he's that desperate. Because <laughs> you know his voice. It's, it's not that strong. I'll even marry Carlo if you need me to. <laughs> Keep an eye on him. I'll even clean it up. <laughs> We got a lot to talk about in this in a minute. Alex. Yes, a, got some great some, one. some primo Johnny and Fredo and Mikey uh, conversation going on. Yeah, and most importantly, you can feel the buildup to Mo Green's soon uh, entrance. It's like right before there's like a big thunderstorm, and the air has that kind mm-hmm. of that kind of you feel it. You can, you can feel Mo Green coming up the elevator. You can feel that uh, electricity building. You can feel the heat. You could see the the hair standing up on what would have been John Cazell's head. <laughs> oh wait, you mean because he's bald? Or yeah. Because, oh, okay. Yeah, because he's bald. Yeah. If he had hair, he'd be standing up right now. <laughs> well, you're looking at him hair because he'd be standing up and walking out right now. <laughs> yeah, and he, he wouldn't even have to pay on his way out. Oh, oh man, boy. Well, there's so much to talk about. I think you brought. Free, we're that. out of time. Oh right. Okay. <laughs> you all have to wait. Wait for Mo Green's entrance. Mm-hmm. So I think you may have pointed out before. I noticed it again this minute that Tom is seated in the background, blurry, and looking over as Michael is speaking to Johnny Fontaine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's only called over by Mikey in this minute to bring the papers. Yeah, legal, legal papers. Yeah, he's he's literally an errand boy. 
Yeah. <laughs> he's like a German-Irish messenger boy. He's Vito Corleone's German-Irish messenger boy. <laughs> Was it, is it Frankie Five Angels who will go on to point that out about Johnny Ola? Yeah, he'll is say it, uh, Hyman Roth and his Cecilia messenger boy, Johnny Ola. Yeah. So you think Mo Green is saying that same thing now about, uh, about the Corleones? Like, oh, Michael Corleone and his German-Irish messenger boy, Tom Hagen. <laughs> I think that's what, um, I think that's what uh, uh, Jack Waltz said. <laughs> yeah. Mo Green doesn't see race. Oh, really? As, as a Jewish man in a largely Italian uh, industry, he has to, hmm. he, he can't really, uh, he, he can't really dwell too much. And he's out in Vegas, too, which is probably, well, it's probably very white at this point. Yes, if you consider, if you consider Italians to be white, then yes, it's it's very. I funny. mean, the clientele. I don't know who. You know, I have some information about that actually. Okay. Yeah, I imagine it's largely white, as we learned. Um, uh, you know, uh, black performers weren't even allowed to stay at the hotel that they were performing in. So, in World War II, the population of Las Vegas was eight thousand four hundred and twenty-two people. Wow. Wow, that is teeny. Ten years later, it was 45,000 people. So the city, like, uh, almost more than quadrupled in that that time. Yeah, that's a big jump. Uh, In 1951, so this is after, this is like the same era that this conversation, to give you an idea of what kind of Mikey's getting into here. Mm -hmm. Uh, In 1951, uh, Las Vegas, so it had 45,000 people, but it had 8 million tourists come every single year. Wow. And they would spend $200 million annually in the casinos. Oh, my gosh. Um, e- each? <laughs> yes. Just two guys. A lot of money in them, uh, uh, in them dice and cards. Well, so to put them so, so uh, along Tom um, Hagen's lines, so it was 8 million visitors in 1951. Today, it's 42 million visitors. Mm. So maybe not then, but 50 years from then, it really yeah. paid off. Nowadays, uh, two hundred million dollars gambling in nineteen fifty one, twelve billion dollars spent annually on gambling in just in Las Vegas. Wow, and that's that's money lost, right? That's yeah. Well, that's how much that's money the casinos make from gambling. Oh, so boy. assume that that's all money um, that people lost yeah. gambling. Yeah. Um, wow. Some other Las Vegas tidbits. In 1951, uh, they started doing um, atomic bomb tests at the Nevada test site, which was 65 miles um, north of Las Vegas. And you could actually see the mushroom clouds from from downtown Las Vegas. Oh, you could man. see the and the um, Chamber of Commerce actually put out a um, uh, inf- like a calendar saying when the atomic tests were going to be and where's the best places to see it. Wow. So uh, they definitely were using it as a as a tourist attraction. Yeah. You know, nowadays, of course, we're like, uh, you know, <laughs> I wonder what to, how many of those people died of cancer shortly thereafter yeah. from being downwind from. Uh, uh, if you so, okay, so suppose someone said, hey, do you want to go see an atomic blast? Would you go see it? And nowadays, no. But I, I was just going to ask you the same question. Back then, before people knew it was harmful, totally I would have gone and seen it. No, wait. Now, when you say now, do you mean because of the pandemic or do you just mean because you know too much about atomic energy? A little of both. I wouldn't want to be around the crowds all gawking at a mushroom cloud. Because right, so, they'd be so drawn to the, the event that they would forget their social distancing practices. 
All right, well, let's set this. Let's set this a year ago, so you didn't have mm-hmm. to worry about that. Would you then? Would you go see an atomic bomb? No, I don't think so. Because you'd be worried that you, you you'd be part of the st- the start of the pandemic. No, I'd be worried about the fallout. Okay. Ah, uh, how I'm often do you get to say that li- and have it as a literal meaning. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so what if they were like, "Hey, we'll be in a bunker. You'll be. I'll be there. The scientist guys like, I'll be there with you to show you how safe it is." Mm. There's no situation no. in which you would watch an atomic no, bomb. I don't think no, no. Okay. I just don't have that much faith in us in in technology to protect us from something like that. All right, more for more room for me then. More yeah. nuclear blasts for me. Yeah. <laughs> um and 1951 also is when they installed Vegas Vic. That's that um cowboy sign. Oh, know, the yeah, one where he cool. points to himself and yeah. uh, apparently every 15 minutes he used to say, "Howdy, partner." Mm. But then they, they dismantled it because people got sick of hearing him say every 15 minutes, say, howdy, partner. That's pretty frequent. If they did it maybe twice a day, I can I can see it being more well, of a draw. But it's only like one phrase. To me, if every 15 minutes doesn't sound like it would be... I mean, if you're a resident, a local, you would go out of your mind. Every 15 minutes? It's crazy. I guess so. But I mean, like, look at like the Vegas Strip now. It's like so... No- like Anyway. Yeah. It was a different time, I guess. People were much more... Uh, they they weren't constantly bombarded by sound the way we are now. Yeah, so maybe just yeah. that little thing, like don't that cowboy shut up. But less is more too. If you did it twice a day, people would come and gather around just to hear it, just to hear him say howdy. Partner. I think so. It's just some. It's a dumb, fun <laughs> yeah, thing to do, especially in the fifties. You know, yeah. There was no, nothing. I think even now they would do it. <laughs> I think it's even more. It's even more of a draw that it's just once or twice a, if they did it once or twice a day. It would be, be kind of special that you happen to be there or you made the trip. People go and do all kinds of things that are less interesting <laughs> just for the sake of having something to do. Uh, my wife right. and I were traveling one time and we went to a um, tourist attraction type um, park. Not like it was like a red one of those Redwoods parks. And mm-hmm. they have a big giant uh, Paul Bunyan statue outside. Mm. And uh, my wife and I, of course, are like, oh, we should take our picture with Paul Bunyan and stuff. And we didn't realize that there was actually a, someone was there was a speaker. So someone was watching it and he would like talk as if he was Paul, like we'd be goofing around. He'd be like, hey, stop to play with my feet or something. You know, he would like do the Paul Bunyan voice. Oh, that, funny. That so it was a real person somewhere that you couldn't see. Who yeah, was totally. Watching they they you. totally must have known we were doing it because like it was specific to our thing you know what I mean? like, oh, to our group gag. they said stuff so did you ever like, figure out where they were no he did not but what a fun job that would be that is really <laughs> fun yeah i wonder if he he was he or she was in the statue oh it, it was big enough where it could conceivably had like a little room inside <laughs> yeah. or a little little uh, the monitor or something so um yeah. anyway back to the godfather i would i would play around and say something like Please put the candle back. <laughs> I go oil can. <laughs> Are those all the pop culture references to someone being stuck and needing help? <laughs> I'm sure there's more. But, uh. <laughs> Get us out of here. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, anything else about Vegas? We got we have a lot to talk about this minute, Alex. No, that's all I have for now. So what else? What else? you want to talk about? Something well, else? classic line, Mikey's when Fredo says, "Hey." never said nothing to me mm-hmm. he loves the casino business mikey scram <laughs> scram i'm scram mike says well, well i'll make him an offer he can't refuse yes Ding. now do you think does everyone does who knows in the room who knows what that means well there is information in the book about this Uh oh yeah may i read sure now this book this information is not in the movie 
Yeah, the information in the book is different from the information in the movie. The book is different than the movie. The book is different than the movie. The book is different. The book is different. The book is different than the movie. Yeah. Got it. Page 382, Puzo writes, Michael said quietly, I'll make him an offer he can't refuse. <laughs> What'd you say, Mikey? I said I'll make him an offer he can't refuse. This is like one of those AMSR videos now. <laughs> videos. <laughs> oh, it's even it's even more of a draw, those ASR videos of someone's reading text from the Godfather yeah. book, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a, so, that's seriously niche, Alex. It doesn't I don't it doesn't matter what you're what you're uh what you're saying when you do that stuff. No, but it's even more uh even more uh, effective if you're reading from something as chilling as oh yeah the Godfather. <laughs> I see what you mean. Like the suspense would, would get people. Well, yeah, the suspense would get you. Yeah. I'll make uh, him an offer. He can't make refuse. him an offer. He can't refuse. The words were said in an ordinary voice, yet the effect was chilling. Perhaps because it was a favorite phrase of the Don's. That's all they have about that. Oh yeah. So you don't. We don't know who among the people there knows that it means that he's going to kill him or well i mean hagen knows definitely because yeah. he's heard that before i'm guessing if it's if it's quote a favorite phrase of the dons then probably everyone there knows it uh okay wait so wait a minute you said that um you said that uh who who have we heard say it in the movie we heard don corleone say it when he's talking about waltz setting yeah. waltz up and mm-hmm. johnny for the that part in the big picture yeah and then we heard Mikey say it when he said, um, we was talking about the contract. When he, when he was that's talking right. about yeah. the, the contract with the band lead. Yeah, that's right. So, so we know at least Sonny, Michael, Hagen, and Kay have heard it. And now Fredo. When did Kay hear it? Oh, because she heard it like. Because yeah. Michael's telling him, telling her the story, right? Okay. So yeah. Johnny, do we think, knows it? Johnny has to know the story about how he got out of that original contract. That's true. And here he is again, stuck getting into another contract. He knows. Hey, he knows. <laughs> cycle, circle of life, right? Do you think that's why he's so reluctant? Because he realizes that he's <laughs> right back where he started from? I think so. That's one of the reasons he pauses. <laughs> he's like, oh, how can I get out of this? He's going to have to go to uh, Barzini and have him get out of that contract. <laughs> you mean, you mean Tatalia? <laughs> no, and I'll finally understand him. <laughs> Yeah, so I so uh, so everyone in the room knows what it means. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. And um, it is chilling. This well, it's chilling the way he says it so casually, despite whispering it. Yeah, it's, I think it's is it. I think it's more. You think it's more chilling because he says it casually instead of whispering it like I pretended to do. Uh, I think on a deeper level, it's more chilling because if if, if you know the backstories. Like for example, the Luca Brazzi blood on the contract band leader story, then it's very chilling. But if you don't, I'm sure it said all that it could have it could be interpreted all the time in regular business. Oh, we'll make him an offer he can't refuse. Don't worry about it. It's only in this dark underworld that it takes on an ominous tone, right? Wait, I thought you were asking me, is it more ominous if he whispers it or if it says it casually? <laughs> I was asking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you think? I think if he says it casually if they know what it means, it's more chilling if he does it casual. You're right. Because yeah. if he 
if he did it with a whisper, that would mean like he's like, I'm aware that this is a big deal, what I'm about to say. So I'm going to I'm going to say it quietly so that Mo Green doesn't hear us. Yeah. Yeah. But if he's just saying like, oh, yeah, let's order some let's order some brats up here. And oh, yeah, I'm going to make him an offer. He can't refuse. Then it's like, oh, my gosh, he's Whoa. just like, it's just that's how just like, he's a monster. He's just throwing that around. He's this just, your husband. <laughs> he's just throwing that that thread around. <laughs> yeah. Like uh like so many nickels, nickels and, dimes. and dimes. That's what I was looking for. Thanks. <laughs> Good. So Mikey also says that he's when he's trying to convince Johnny Fontaine to appear in Las Vegas five times a year and, and tries to get him to convince his friends to do the same in the movie business. as a favor. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Mike says that he believes good entertainment will bring gamblers to the casino. Yeah. Right? Now. It's sort of understood nowadays that you bring entertainment to casinos and it'll draw people there. Was that understood at the time or is Mikey truly an innovator here? Well, we don't know. I don't know enough about the fictional Godfather universe to know if they're implying that Mikey was the first one to do it or Mm -hmm. whether like people were already. Well, you know what? I'm going to say no, he wasn't an innovator because in the montage, when we're driving into Las Vegas, we see. All sorts of signs that have, oh, look, here's, you know, Billy D. Williams. Here's they mention all sorts of people appearing yeah. at the casino. Yeah. So, so I don't think it was Mikey. I think Mikey's just kind of jumping on the band band leader wagon. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's probably just as old as entertainment and, and business, maybe right? That's why, maybe that's why Johnny looks at him. He's like, are you trying to pretend like you came up with this brilliant idea? <laughs> like, he's like, <laughs> Mikey's strategy is weak. Like my voice. Do you think he was, um, can we talk about Johnny's pause for a second? Yeah, yeah. And I've got stuff. I actually have a documentation of why he pauses. Okay. But I want to hear your guesses first. Well, I was just going to say, do you think that, um, well, the most obvious one is, does he want to get, you know, be under the thumb of of another crime lord? (laughs) You know, in this way, it's not even like, it's, it's not even like his godfather. It's his godfather is like the next guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's expected that his loyalty is transferable <laughs> from one godfather to like, you're more loyal. You're loyal to the organization, not to yeah the man. I know. And he's probably thinking too, Hey, if I give in to if I give into this, then any, any one of these guys can ask me to do something. I'm going to be under their thumbs. Like Hagen's going to be asking me to do stuff, right? <laughs> That's the last straw. <laughs> Johnny, I need you to bring this across the street to get it notarized. You uh, you owe us a favor. <laughs> I want to know, not ten years from now. <laughs> uh, so the other thing I was going to say is is perhaps Johnny has been already been approached by other casinos about doing exclusive mm. contracts, and he's kind of like, oh, now yeah. I have to tell. Do I tell this crime boss I can't do it because I have I'm kind of committed to doing it for this other crime boss? It's like, but then I guess he's just like, well, family is more important than anything. So yeah, yeah, he owes them big time. Oh yeah, they put him back on top. Well, Alex, you are very close because it does have to do with other casinos and hotels, hmm. but not in the way that that you're thinking. Hmm. May I read? I guess so. I don't like being proven wrong, but I'll allow it. <laughs> it's interesting. It turns out, well, I'll, I'll read it and then we can discuss. Page 382, Puzo writes, um, sure, sure, Johnny said, I'll do anything for my godfather. You know that, Mike. But there was just... <laughs> Get a little chicken marks That was pretty there. good, right? <laughs> oh, was it chicken marks? Sure, i do anything for my godfather. <laughs> sure, i do anything for my godfather. You know that, Mike, on Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> Some smart godfather. <laughs> uh, 
Entertainment. Entertainment. <laughs> I'm thinking more chicken marks. Uh, but there was just a faint shadow of doubt in Johnny's voice. Mm, Mike, Michael smiled and said, you know, you, you won't lose money on the deal and neither will your friends. You get points in the hotel. And if there's somebody else you think important enough, they get some points too. Maybe you don't believe me. So let me say I'm speaking the Don's words. Hmm. Interesting. Johnny said hurriedly, I believe you, Mike, but there's 10 more hotels and casinos being built on the strip right now. When you come in, the market may be glutted. You may be too late with all that competition already there. Tom Hagen spoke up. The Corleone family has friends who are financing three of those hotels. Johnny understood immediately that he meant the Corleone family owned the three hotels with their casinos and that there would be plenty of points to give out. I'll why stop. did why did uh, why did Puzo think we need to, that that had to be explained? Was that that last of, part about the the distance, the friends owning them, but it's really them. Owning yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because we've seen this movie a lot, and we understand that if they're quote friends own it, they are the ones who really own it. So wait, maybe what's, the, what's the line again? What does Mikey say? What does uh, Tom say? <laughs> Let's see. Tom Hagen spoke up. The Corleone family has friends who are financing three of those hotels. Johnny understood immediately that he meant the Corleone family owned the three hotels with their casinos. All right. And that there would be plenty of points to give out. Okay. So, Johnny, I interpret this passage as Johnny paused because he's been on their side and he continues to be, but he was just concerned it wouldn't work. But Mikey and Hagen are saying, oh, no, no, we own these three other hotels, too. So it's going to bring business to all of our establishments. Right. Right? Yeah. Or he could get points in those other establishments. Yes. That Johnny would get points in yeah. those other establishments. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting. It's interesting that he's allowed to give them away. Who? Johnny. Oh, that he if he if he attracts some of his Hollywood big shot friends. Well, didn't he, he say he said oh well, he he said we'll give you some points and then he said oh and if there's someone else you could give points to them. Yeah, that's what he said. That to me seems surprising that they would allow Johnny to just give points to anybody. Yeah, you're right. What strange. if he gave it to like uh, uh, Barzini? <laughs> I don't think he would he would hook up Barzini. Hmm. Huh. But in any case, it seems like the, the Corleones would want to keep tabs on who are getting these points. Yeah, unless they'd want they to wind control up in that. the hands of like the FBI or something. Yeah, they'd <laughs> want to control yeah. every dime that's going out. Maybe maybe Johnny would still have to get it approved. Yeah, yeah. they'd probably It's just... understood that it's at the discretion of the Corleones who, who <laughs> yeah. gets the points. It's kind <laughs> of it's unspoken that that's the uh... yeah. So Mo Green comes in and Freddie's giving points out to everyone, left and right. I gotta, I'm trying to run a business here. I gotta straighten them out every once in a while. <laughs> uh, over there on the Star Wars podcast, um, uh, points have come up because uh, when George Lucas first did Star Wars, he he paid a lot of people in points mm. because you know the movie was relatively low budget for for what they were trying to do, and I think he gave Alec Guinness one point. Of all the, so that just means basically he gets one percent of all the money generated by Star Wars forever. Yeah. So, wow. uh, so if you got like one point in Star Wars, you're you're pretty much set for life because you yeah. know it's like you know a billion dollars. You could, and, that's enough to buy your own Class M planet. <laughs> oh, crossing the universe! Is there an alert for crossing universes? 
Wait, you buy a class sign planet? My class sign planet <laughs> buys you out. Yeah. <laughs> so what else we got? In there? So let's see. There's some other interesting stuff from the book. Let's see. So uh, the stuff that's not in the movie. Uh, Fre- Puto writes, Freddie. Well, 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 pause one more second. One okay. more thing about the Johnny Fontaine thing. Yeah. So you were saying that Johnny said to Mikey, oh, we're getting into this late. What if we don't? What if we can't compete? Blah, blah, blah. Is that really why he's reluctant? Or is that just what he's trying to come up with? Uh, come up with a plausible excuse that makes it sound like he can, he's concerned about Mikey. Like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. Like, I would do it, but I don't want to take advantage of you. Hmm. It, but is he really just like, oh, I was really hoping to get a better gig at the Luxor or whatever. I, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. It's not clear. It's a long pause for Johnny. It's a really long pause. In the book, there's so much more written about Johnny Fontaine's life in Hollywood, producing yeah. films and partying with uh, his childhood friend Nino. Mm-hmm. And he, he's definitely hungry to stay on top, mm-hmm. although he recognizes that his voice is weak and he just can't sing like he he could before. Yeah. Maybe on some level, he's kind of like the going through the same, um, stuff that Mikey is where he wants to be legitimate now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, every time I'm out, they pull me back in. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, and he whispers that quietly, which makes it even more effective <laughs> compared to out. Well, that know. was him yelling when he said it. <laughs> he yelled, that was him yelling. Yeah. His voice, his voice is so weak. <laughs> I said every time I get out of a contract, they pull me in. <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> and Johnny is in Godfather 3. He is, that's right. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe Michael Corleone, when he delivers that line in Godfather 3, he was inspired by Johnny in this scene because oh. he knows that's what Johnny's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> he stole Johnny's catchphrase. Like yeah. his point, he bought him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael's good now getting a reputation for stealing people's lines. He stole his pop's line about the offer. That's true. Right? Yeah. Is that a great way to assume power? You just start using the language that your predecessor used? I think it's tough. But you have to craft, find your own way. Well, I think it, it really depends because like it can it can be effective and mm-hmm. showing like, listen, this there's the, there might have been a transition of power, but for all intents and purposes, I'm still the guy. But yeah. then you can also you can also wind up where you become like a parody of, you know, like if the father was like this, like like the like a Kim Jong Un. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like his grandfather, like fought to build this North Korean country. Now him, he's kind of like a like a schlubby like guy. So he just doesn't yeah. he can't pull off the whole military dictator uh, thing. Yeah. And yeah, um, I know he's I'm sure by the time this here, we will find out he passed away. I'm sorry to the Un family for to the Kim Jong family for uh, for your loss. Oh, yeah. He's he's uh, missing right now, isn't he? Yeah. He's uh, oh, oh, Kim Jong Un. Oh, you won't be seeing him no more. <laughs> 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 I picture Mikey hanging up the phone of uh, when like they're trying to call uh, Luca Brazzi. <laughs> Do you think it's Luca Brazzi they sent to take care of Kim Jong Un? <laughs> well, there. Yeah. Uh, Look, I want you in to infiltrate this really close country, the North Korean. Uh, they want to. They want to give Johnny a picture there. They want to allow him to do a tour and film a picture. Gonna want you to a go, big star. go there and pretend you want to join their basketball team. <laughs> yeah. You know, he loves Dennis Rodman. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah. So, so I still question Johnny's motives. So maybe I'm kind of going back to what we went back to. If Michael wants to exert his own power and become his own Don, maybe he just needs to use the phrases of his father. So there's some resonance of that, but alter them slightly to make them his own. Well, it's so for, for example, he could say, Alfredo, we're, he may he may try to uh, refuse this offer, but we'll make it, and he'll want to take it. Mm, what do you think a, of that one? It's a little, it's a bit of a mouthful. Okay, and considering yeah, and he doesn't have a lot of a lot of jaw action, <laughs> so he's going to keep it simple. Small right? one. I don't know if he's going to be able to say that every time. <laughs> he should simplify him. He should make him like offer no refuse. Offer no refuse. Well, what if it's something like, oh, so I'll tell him it's either my way or the highway. Ah, you know, some other, like I the like same it. intent, but just this different, <laughs> like a more, make it more modern, more professional. I can't help but feel if you rhyme it, it immediately diminishes the threat behind it. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, think That would be more. like a rhyme and Don. That would be like his kids, that would be his giving. The rhyme and Don, isn't that Don Molinari on the, on the coast? On the coast, is he rhyming? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, Hyman Roth is the right. Oh, one. that's right. He's the, he's right. It's my way or the highway. Yeah. <laughs> it works for him. They shot Sonny on the causeway. <laughs> for some reason, it works for Hyman Roth. <laughs> you know what it is? He's got that natural uh, showbiz like r- r- you know, way of reading things that just makes it you know compelling. Yeah. I uh, I want you to I want you to bring my my doctor in. Who can stay here in this place? But whatever you do, keep all of these pillows away from my face. <laughs> <laughs> I have this golden telephone. I know it looks like a toy, but take a look at it. Enjoy. <laughs> I did the oh. intonation. I went enjoy. Oh yeah, enjoy. <laughs> I would, <laughs> that was great because the meter, I didn't expect that. It just, boom, the enjoy came out. Of and and when, when you record it, by the way, we're going to say the word enjoy with the effect of a phone, like, like through the telephone. <laughs> we should dub, we should dub, um, you know, in that scene where Fredo's taking the phone call in GF2 and he's like, nah, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. We should dub in um, Hyman Roth doing rhymes. Oh, <laughs> On the telephone. <laughs> it's on his gold telephone. He's doing gold. <laughs> I like how it seems like a toy. <laughs> it's fully functional. <laughs> so. Wait, I've got another one. Uh, my name is, my name is Hyman Roth. Uh, no, you can't always start with I'm that. Hyman Roth and I'm here to say. <laughs> uh, um, Mo Green was my friend. Uh, he he created Vegas with precision. He uh, let's, <laughs> that doesn't let's, rhyme. <laughs> my, uh, let's, uh, Mo Green was a man who designed Las Vegas with precision. Let's all hear it from Mo. Let's give him a plaque. He had vision. <laughs> let's hear it from Mo. <laughs> let's hear it from Mo. Let's give him his plaque, and he because he had vision. I think I'll I'm about to it. die from a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. I think you should make more slam poetry, Alex. Uh-huh. More uh, <laughs> like the meter is all over. It. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to. It eventually rhymes, but there's just free form. Yeah. 
It's hard to do because he, he, you have to do his voice with that kind of like lackadaisical like way of you know. Yeah. It so is. it's hard to it's hard to really mix up the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're in Havana. Havana. We're back. We're back here. Heart attack. Not me this time. Molasses. <laughs> he looks right at the camera. Molasses. <laughs> He just ends all of his slam poems with molasses. (laughs) (laughs) You can vote for Mo. He created Las Vegas. He had vision. Give him his plaque. Give him his plaque. He had vision. Precision, Mo Green. I can see a signpost, a plaque, (laughs) a statue. (laughs) Here lies a headstrong boy. (laughs) Who deserves... So, enjoy... (laughs) Who deserves the plaque for designing Las Vegas? It's Mo. <laughs> I keep forgetting. It's hard to. <laughs> Who deserves the plaque for designing Las Vegas? It's Mo Green. He had vision. I'd vote for him. Absentee ballot. <laughs> Molasses. <laughs> your father. Your f- for your father. <laughs> for your father. <laughs> All right. Made a killing with molasses. It killed Mo Green. No plaque. (laughs) No plaque. No plaque. No plaque for Mo Green. All right. Moving on. I went to the dentist and he said my my teeth were like, were like Mo Green. No plaque. (laughs) Fly, please fly. I want you to fly my dentist in from Miami. One who speaks English. (laughs) <laughs> no plaque or heart attack you tell me well, that was no heart attack what, what really killed mo green <laughs> it's like a it's like unsolved mysteries <laughs> yeah mo plaque or, or mo green mo plaque mo problems <laughs> that you should call that episode <laughs> mo plaque mo problems you, mo, you got it okay Mo so plaque, you, mo signposts, mo problems, <laughs> mo, or statues. That's part of mo me. mo plaque, <laughs> mo mo plaques, mo mo signposts, mo green. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I, I can't. I keep forgetting how I'm going to end these things. <laughs> By the time you start, I got to write it down. <laughs> so a little more from the book, Alex. Oh yeah, what else we got? Puto writes. Freddie had been puffing on his cigar angrily. Mm. Michael turned to him and, and said gently, I'm just the errand boy for the dawn, Freddie. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to point that out. So Johnny Ola is Hyman Roth's errand boy. Messenger Mike, boy. Messenger boy. Michael Corleone is Don Corleone's errand boy. Mm-hmm. And who's the other one we figured, figured earlier this episode? Um... Another boy? Someone, oh, Tom Hagen is Michael Corleone's German-Irish errand boy. Right, exactly, yeah. Puto writes. The United Colors of Benetton of errand boys we got going. (laughs) So this is Mikey. What he want, what the Don wants you to do, he'll tell you himself, naturally. But I'm sure it will be something big enough to make you happy. Everybody tells us what a great job you've been doing here. (laughs) Is that what he says? That's what Mikey says. That sounds suspiciously like our uh, president. Yeah. They're going to expand testing. We got plenty of tests. Plenty of tests for all the states. (laughs) Nuclear tests. Fredo then. 
Then why is he sore at me? Fredo asked plaintive, plaintively. Just because the casino has been losing money? I don't, I don't control that end. Moe Green does. What the hell does the old man want from me? Don't worry about it, Michael said. So a little bit more behind the curtain about Fredo mm. and the casino business. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Like, uh, learn how to lose money in the casino business. <laughs> yeah. Well, so also getting back to what you said before, I do think it's, um, I don't know if it's intentional, but like when he first sits down with Johnny mm-hmm. and um, he, uh, Johnny asks about Don Corleone and talks about how loyal he is and stuff like that. So it is interesting that Johnny starts it off by, t- by, um, Basically, not don't not talking about Mikey as if he is the boss. He's talking about the Godfather. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I don't know if that's it's a, it's definitely a time of transition. Everyone's mm-hmm. feeling out their new roles. Yeah. Mo Green's got to get used to not being in the casino business. <laughs> <laughs> so the last part that Puzo writes about in this section is so there's some. Remember, I said that there are other people there. So Lucy is there. Uh, her fiance, Doctor Siegel, is there. Doctor Dada. That's right. And so uh, I wanted to, since I don't think we're really going to see Doctor Siegel. Oh, Lucy is there, Doctor Siegel anymore. I learned a little bit of background information. So in this scene, Michael offers Doctor Siegel a uh, so little background. Doctor Siegel had been banned from medicine because he was performing abortions on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Michael says, hey, we're going to build a hospital here. We're going to fund a hospital here in Vegas. And I want to offer you to kind of get your license back. I can pull strings and, get, and you could be the, a surgeon there, or the director of the hospital. Because mm-hmm. why does he owe him? A, why does he owe him a favor? Because he fixed his jaw. Uh, he does that later. Oh, no, no, you're right. He did do that. But also this doctor performed many abortions on uh, for women that Fredo had gotten pregnant. Oh, I yeah, see. Numerous, apparently. Numerous showgirls <laughs> impregnated by Fredo Corleone. Oh, man. Yeah. How? I wonder if it's possible if maybe that'll be part of our GF4 plot is that there are Fredo um, bastards running around. Oh, I like it. Yeah. I mean, Dr. Taza couldn't have gotten all of them. <laughs> yeah it's like uh like how uh, not house of cards uh game of thrones oh, yeah. they're going to the very beginning they're going to find all of the progeny of the king <laughs> yeah they gave uh they gave fredo's kid to like uh you know uh barzini to raise <laughs> it, be- it becomes a convention <laughs> where all the kids of fredo corleone gather every year oh in vegas perfect they already live there mm. and uh <laughs> And uh, they all, but what happens? No one wants to host this convention because it always breaks out into fights. No, I was stepped over. No, I was stepped over. They're all d- <laughs> double crossing each other. <laughs> uh, I would hope for Fredo. Once they got all together, they'd all be friends. But you think they would just be competing for for the crumbs of respect? That's yeah. Oh, that guy's so dumb. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. So one other thing about this, Doctor Siegel. Uh huh. Uh, let's see. So he and Lucy are engaged. Uh, he's the one that repaired her vagina. Uh, mm-hmm. And let's see what else. That's what I love about the fact that he also fixed Mikey's nose, her jaw. Yeah. Like the, he the does guy, it all. The same guy who, who fixed the floor of her pelvis also gave. Do you think his face looked like <laughs> his nose, his jaw? <laughs> oh, gosh. 
or accidentally he reversed it. He got the charts oh. mixed up. Oh, <laughs> damn. Uh, and then this is interesting. It's a little, a little preview of what we're going to see maybe in GF2. Uh, Michael Later has... Michael Later? Michael Later has Dr. Siegel assassinated. Do you want to guess why? Oh, uh, because he killed... Um, uh, what's her name back in Italy? No, nope. uh, uh, on Monday. No, it has something <laughs> has something to do with why Doctor Siegel is in Vegas in the first place. Uh, because he special skill he has, Alex. Is he a gambler? Is he a cheating gambler? What was his medical specialty? Abortions. Uh huh. GF two. Oh, he aborted um, the other their his other son. Wow. Yeah, it was a son, Mike, Alex. <laughs> yeah, Michael <laughs> suspects that Dr. Siegel had assisted his wife, Kay, in aborting their baby. Bad move. Hmm. Very yeah. bad move. Yeah, that's uh, that's a surprise. Yeah. That he would do that, you mean? Yeah. Do you yeah. think, Do you think? Um, especially because he's a crooked doctor, it's not like he's a reputable above board doctor. Yeah, yeah. You can't trust your abortion doctor. Who can you trust? <laughs> Uh, Alex, I want you to fly in my my abortion doctor from Miami, <laughs> one who speaks English. I don't trust an abortion doctor who doesn't speak English. <laughs> so that's all I got. Great I don't minute, care Alex. if it's a girl or a boy. I want that abortion. So, <laughs> oh, that'd be the ultimate. Enjoy. That would be the ultimate of Hyman assisted K in getting the abortion. <laughs> Michael Kidnick, K and Hyman. Both oh. knew that Michael could never forgive that. Wow. That's deep. You got anything else for the minute, Alex? I think that's about it for me. Yeah. Great, great primo green minute. Primo green minute. <laughs> Pre, we're talking primo green <laughs> minutes here. All right. How primo uh, do you think it is? You got, let's rate it on a scale of one to five. Five being the best. Okay. I got it. Okay. One, oh, two, boy. three, four. Quattro. Yeah. Four. Yeah, four. Yeah. Yep. If if Fredo talked more, I'd bump it up, but he only has one line. Yeah. He never told me about he loves the casino loves business. The casino business. And then you got Johnny Fontaine. You got yeah. some good you got a classic line, iconic line. Which I'll make, one? I'll make him an offer he, he can't he won't can't hmm. refuse. Sure, I'll do anything. <laughs> Well, all right. It seems like we're in agreement that this gets four stars. And um, what do we what? have in store for the bonus content, Alex? Well, uh, I understand we have our very last week. We petitioned our listeners to we're going to start uh, an advice column. Mm-hmm. You can write in, ask any Godfather character for advice <laughs> and we will get them to answer it. And um, this uh, we got our first one. Someone wrote to Captain McCluskey asking for some advice. So we'll be talking about that in the bonus content. Yeah. We have a dear Captain McCluskey yeah. advice uh, question. My advice, my guess is going to be that his advice is to stand him up. <laughs> yeah. It's just the stock response for everything. <laughs> well, isn't that the gimmick that all the answers have to be just lines from the, oh, from the movie? <laughs> <laughs> that's we can try okay i don't know if we'll be able to do it <laughs> try <laughs> all right then listeners uh on behalf of uh my brother andy and myself i'd like to thank you for listening to the show you can email us godfatherminute at gmail.com um hey you know what i, I think i understand we're on spotify now 
Really? Yeah. Huh. How does that work? If you just go to Spotify and search Godfather Minute, you can listen to the podcast. Oh, cool. Um, I'm pretty sure that's true. Hmm. So um, someone investigated. And hey, say you hate Spotify. You also go on YouTube and listen to mm-hmm. a Godfather Minute on YouTube. Get each episode a week early. How about that? Yeah. New episodes uploaded every Sunday. And not uh, Monday. You don't have to wait till Friday. No, Thursday. no, 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 no. <laughs> All right, then. So um, until, until next until time. Until next week. Are you sure, Mikey? Mo never said nothing nothing to me about wanting to sell. He loves the the casino business. business. (laughs) 